The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Thank you very much, Bernie. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder here in News Talk. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. And Dr. Coleman Gallagher, the planetary geomorphologist from the UCD School of Geography and UCD's Earth Institute, is with me again for the Hard Shoulders Guide to the Galaxy. We have been to Mars, we have been to the Milky Way. And we are venturing beyond the event horizon this week. Uh, we are talking about black holes, uh, Coleman. And uh, th- there's this really helpful analogy to try and, I think, that will help people at home uh, imagine what a black hole is or it'll put in context the rest of the conversation. And it's to do with kind of uh, pieces of waffen pipe and, <laughs> and, a, and a bit of rubber and a bowling ball. <laughs> you could do it that way, yeah. So I'm going to ask people to imagine a vertical shaft uh, leading deep into the Earth's interior. We don't know how deep. It, we, it, it might be endless for all we know. And we're going to imagine two of those and we're going to stretch rubber sheets across them. And on one rubber sheet, I'm going to imagine a bowling ball and on the other, a cannonball. So the bowling ball is going to deform the rubber sheet into a kind of a dish-shaped depression. The cannonball is going to deform it much worse. But before it does, let's spray some epoxy, for example, to keep the shapes intact. And we're going to go back and look at the rubber sheet. So we remove the bowling ball and we see a lovely dish-shaped depression. Hmm. We remove the cannonball. Actually, it's not there. It's disappeared. It's ripped the rubber sheet and it's fallen deep into the mine shaft. For, for, as far as we know, it's gone. Um, so they, they are the equivalent of what black holes do to space-time. They are the equivalent in two dimensions of what black holes do to space-time in three dimensions. So how then do those indentations or that warping of space-time, how do they affect other objects yeah. in space? So if you imagine those rubber sheets again and you were to roll some marbles across the rubber sheets, let's so say you roll them quite fast across the rubber sheets, the marbles in the, the, the sheet deformed by the bowling ball, would some of them would just go in straight lines, others would uh, curve around the indentation of the bowling ball that the bowling ball left, Others would actually go into it, but they'd re-emerge on the other side, having traversed the bottom of the indentation. And that's because that bottom, the shape of that bottom, is called a complete geodesic. And they can go down and re-emerge on the other side. Mm. In the other rubber sheet, the one that's been ripped by the cannonball, if you do the same things with marbles and some of them enter the uh, deformation, the warp created by the cannonball, they'll simply fall through that tear. And that's the equivalent of what happens in a black hole. Objects will literally fall into the deformation in space-time caused by the concentration of mass in a black hole. And they will fall through a rip in space-time. And to observers on the outside, strange things will happen at, the, uh, at that uh, point where they take a vertical tra- trajectory. They've, they've started moving horizontally, but as they fall into that shaft, they start moving vertically. And in the rubber sheet analogy, once they start moving vertically, they disappear. And that's the equivalent of this thing called the event horizon of the black hole. And they disappear from the observer's point of view outside it, is that No. It? To, in fact, to the observers on the outside in a black hole, mm. they actually appear to become stationary and exist forever. Um, on, at, on the cusp of the event horizon. On the event horizon itself, which wow. is amazing because you think, well, in that case, shouldn't we see the marble or the spaceship or, or whatever has entered the black hole? But actually what happens is 
Um, for example, if if a spaceship is emitting lights, like it's got be- beacons, mm. the black hole will actually cause the wavelength of that light to become so long, uh, and wavelength is is a is a uh, is proportional to the energy of mm. the light. It becomes so long and so flat that in fact it has zero energy, so it becomes black. So in fact, all the objects that enter a black hole remain on the event horizon. It's just that we can't see them because their wavelengths have been stretched. They've been what's called redshifted to such a huge extent. So that's amazing. They're still there and we know they're there. Science tells us, the laws of physics tell us they're stuck there on the event horizon. Yeah. But let's say I'm I'm looking at it and I say, oh God, Coleman's getting very close to that black hole now. <laughs> he really should come back. Oh no, he's gone too far. And zip, you disappear from my view because I can't see you. The wavelengths, as you say, have kind of flatlined. Yeah. Um, What's your experience, though? Are well, you stuck there? No, my the, the event horizon is just like the rip in the cannonballs tear in the, okay. in the rubber sheet. It's it's a horizon not made of a solid surface. It's a horizon made of an event, and in fact, it's called an event horizon because any marbles on the rubber sheet or any objects that avoid the black hole, they really have nearly an infinite variety of events in their future. But for the object that falls into a black hole or for the marble that falls into that ripped, incomplete geodesic, they have only one event in their future, and that's to fall in, in down the shaft oh, So that's into why the it's hole. referred to as an event horizon. Absolutely. Because there's only one, once Coleman goes into that, there's only one event ever going to happen to Coleman, continual falling, whereas I continue through the universe and I'll spin around other planets, I'll crash into something, I'll split up into different parts. Yep. Any number of things could happen. Absolutely. But only one thing's ever going to happen to you. Exactly. So it's, it's a horizon between a, a future of multiple events and a horizon between a future of one single event. So do you know you've passed that event horizon? Does no. the marble realise it's passed it? No. Oh, absolutely not. In fact, if if you could look back, if you were a small creature inside the marble, you could look back out at the universe outside the event horizon. And what you'd see is the universe moving forward in time at a huge velocity. In fact, you could see nearly the entire future history of the universe unfolding if you lived long enough, um, which is the opposite of what observers on the outside see. They see your time stopping. But yes. In fact, you see outside time speeding up. Uh, so, so uh, again, I know this is really kind of the, the Ladybird book version of, of the, the questions I'm asking, but I, I'm peering in at you kind of falling into it. Um, uh, you, you freeze on the outside, for want of a better description, from yeah. my point of view, even though I don't see you anymore. Yeah, but sometimes physics, it's called frozen space time. Okay, so yeah. physics tells me you're frozen there, but from your point of view, you what you look up and you see me kind of rapidly age and disappear yes. and, and kind of life going on at a rate of knots. Exactly, but not wow. for too long. Because... Within a matter of of seconds to minutes, depending on the size of the black hole. In fact, it's it's more it's more quickly done for small black holes and for big. You become spaghettified. You become <laughs> turned into a stream of fundamental particles. That's because um, the gravitational field is so uh, steep within the black hole, within the event horizon, that, for example, typically your legs and feet are heavier than the upper part of your body, so you'll fall feet first. Mm. And there will be what's called tidal forces acting between your feet and your head, which will stretch you until you're stretched literally to the fundamental particles that you're made of. And I remember that Super Noodles ad where he pretended he had, uh, he had turned to noodles. I can't feel my legs. Um, anyway, uh, people of a certain vintage will remember it as well. Um, the, 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 one of the great tropes around black holes in science fiction then is that they kind of they suck in everything around them. There's this huge gravitational force. You know, you can't you can't get the Starship Enterprise 
too close to a black hole or it gets sucked into it. Is that true? It's partially true, um, particularly if you go past the event horizon. If you go near it, you need an awful lot of thrust to escape the, the event horizon. But, you know, perhaps in the future, you, you could invent technology that would allow you to do that. But, for example, if the sun turned into a black hole today, yeah, uh, the, the Earth and the planets would continue orbiting exactly... Uh, in exactly the paths they're in now, the the gravity of the sun doesn't change just becomes it just because it becomes a black hole. Um, of course, within eight minutes, because the Earth is eight light minutes from the sun, the light would disappear and pretty quickly the Earth would freeze. But it would still continue orbiting that black hole. So the the gravitational field doesn't change. What changes is the concentration of space time in the location of the black hole. Space time it becomes incredibly concentrated. Mm. And in fact, that draws more space-time into the black hole. So a, a working definition of a black hole is a region of space-time in which the space-time is collapsing at greater than the speed of light perpetually. And because space-time is collapsing more quickly than the speed of light, not even light can escape it. Okay. And you might think, well, doesn't that break Einstein's rule that says that nothing can move mm. faster than the speed of light. In fact, it doesn't because that only Einstein's rule or his law applies only to physical objects. And here we're talking about space-time itself. We're talking about the very fabric <laughs> of the universe. So you mentioned Einstein and his theory of relativity. Because how does that fit into our understanding then of, of black holes or of these... Uh, Singularities. I don't even know what a singularity is, and I'm asking you about it. This kind of point in a black hole is it? Yes, the it's middle a, of it. Yes, it, it's a point of, uh, it, it's a point of zero dimensions. Um, whether they exist or not has been debated, but Roger Penrose and Stephen Hawking determined that they do exist in all black holes, and uh, Penrose got the the 2020 Nobel Prize for this, so we can accept for the moment that that's probably true. Um, the problem is that while we can understand the formation of black holes via Einstein's rules, his laws uh, that govern relativity, at the scale of the singularity, we're talking about um, a, a place in space-time in which those rules simply don't apply. And we have to move into a new realm of physics called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And unfortunately, at the moment, uh, it's believed that quantum mechanics and relativistic physics should become unified, but nobody knows how to do it. The best uh, possibility is string theory, but nobody has been able to determine that string theory is the correct theory. Mm. And yet black holes tell us that there must be some way of unifying relativity and quantum mechanics. It's just that we don't know how to do it yet. These two schools of thought, they exist, it all exists in tandem in the black hole. So we know, they know they work, we know they work together, we don't know how they work That's together. That's exactly right, yes. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's fascinating. Maybe I should have asked this at the start. How do they form? What's called the black hole? They, they form generally by what's called a core collapse. So in a star um, that starts out maybe about 10 times the mass of the sun, um, uh, the core of that star can collapse. Uh, it collapses to a state called degenerate matter in which electrons are smashed into protons, becoming neutrons. If the mass of the star is sufficient, that process will release a huge amount of neutrinos causing a supernova explosion. Mm. That will then lead to a succession of events which will, if the neutron star has got a mass of about three times the mass of the sun, so it's gone from 10 times to three times the yeah. mass of the sun, but the neutron star is now incredibly tiny, smaller than a city. 
that process of collapse will continue into a black hole okay. because of the huge concentration, the huge warping of space-time that the neutron star makes, just like the cannonball in the rubber sheet. Now, one last question then. The cannonball in the rubber sheet, as you and you quite rightly made the point that that's kind of a two-dimensional explanation for something that happens in, in three slash four dimensions. Yeah. If, if you and I both get sucked into the black hole but at opposite ends of it, do we bump heads in the middle? We do, yeah, absolutely. We probably become spaghettified in the same direction. Okay. But if we didn't, um, no matter where we enter the event horizon, the only path is through the future to the singularity. So everything meets at the singularity. Ah, oh, listen, it's been absolutely fascinating stuff and I, I, I you know, it can be hard, I think, for people to understand some of these uh, concepts, but I love those uh, marbles or bowling balls and marbles and cannonballs and waffen pipes, I think, <laughs> puts it in a, in, in a kind of tangible terms for most people uh, tuning into the hard shoulder today. Dr. Coleman Gallagher, planetary geomorphologist from UCD School of Geography and the UCD Earth Institute. Uh, Coleman, we'll talk to you again at the same time next week after the break. Emmett Oliver will be here with your business news. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.